Welcome to Technado. Hey, welcome to another episode of Technado. I'm your host, Sophie Goodwin. I'm I'm pretty excited for today's episode. I looked ahead at some of the articles about an hour ago, and um, I'm, uh, it's a lot of stuff that I actually am familiar with, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember hearing about this in the news. Um, but before we get into that, Don is back this week. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me back um, on on the show, which I guess I'm a part of. So <laughs> we had a choice, yeah. <laughs> makes sense. But, uh, <laughs> Jury's still out, right? <laughs> I, I haven't traveled a lot the last couple of weeks, so uh, I am glad to just be. Back seated in the studio, and a lot of stuff happened while I was out of town. Um, so we, we've got some new breaking stuff, like Sophie mentioned, but we've also have some things we need to revisit because they're worse than we thought. Uh, we'll save that. I don't want to ruin it. Yeah. And Dan's here too. <laughs> I'm also here. Yeah. Fact. Thanks for having me. Yeah. He's contractually obligated to be. Yes. Here. We, you know. They make me do this. Someone help. Is <laughs> to check in with his parole officer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a living. Yeah. Okay. Who so, else is going to hire an ex-con? <laughs> <laughs> so roll call's done. Yeah. We'll go ahead and jump into our first tech news article, if that's all right with you two. Sure. Okay. I didn't so, know I had a choice. <laughs> you don't. That's You're contractually it. obligated like to be here. You don't have a choice. <laughs> so this first question. article is from Ars Technica. Uh, this one's about uh, iOS 16.3 and macOS Ventura 13.2. Finally. Added hardware security key support. Um, so I've... I probably will need some more context from y'all because I'm not super familiar with this, but it looked like the updates primarily focused on bug fixes, under the hood stuff, but this was one other addition that was pretty notable. So this one caught me by surprise because I had just resigned to the fact that this was never going to happen. Uh, A couple of years ago, I mean, actually probably three or four years ago, we reported on YubiKey releasing the YubiKey Neo, which had NFC support for 2FA or multi-factor authentication. So you could have a YubiKey, and if you had one with NFC support and your phone needed multi-factor authentication, you could tap the key to your phone and it went unlock, right? Sounds great. And then, well, we got NFC support in iOS, so I thought, hey, now it's going to happen, but Apple locked away the NFC functionality, wouldn't let third-party providers use it. So you kind of, you had the hardware. Why'd they do that again? Because they're Apple. Oh. Right? Unless they make the hardware, they don't want you to use it. Uh, the, the standard answer. Yeah, there you go. Simple in this case. I should have known, yes. Well, they finally eased up on that. And in iOS 16.3 on the phones and tablets, and on macOS Ventura 13.2 on your desktop, they now have support for using a hardware authentication key. So if you want to beef up the security on your Apple ID account, you can. And that way you log in, username, password. And instead of having a code generator or using Apple's own built-in thing where they ping your phone, now you can use that hardware token. And, you know, for people like me, where I, I do use a YubiKey, that's actually a nice feature to have. Uh, not everybody cares for YubiKeys, and I, I'm using them as an example. There's the Google Titan key, and there's other ones that are out there. Uh, RSA has some uh, tokens as well, but I think YubiKey is probably the most popular. Man, what's the coolest one out there, in your opinion? Of the keys? Of the, the keys, yeah. I, I always thought the Yubi keys were awesome because they're so small. So I don't want to talk about technology. I want to talk about it. Just looks bitching. <laughs> like <laughs> like this is something I want on my keychain. <laughs> uh, it does. You know the the um, the Google one, the Titan. Yeah. I, I always thought it looked just like big and bulky and whatever. Uh, right. I yeah, just no I thought the Yubi key was awesome because it's it's slim. It's basically as small as you can make it, mm. but not be super easy to lose oh man uh, i'm thinking like titanium with like anodization i think of really cool stuff that you could do within one of these things to make it to where it's kind of appealing to to have and now you're 
increasing security through cultural so, you see what I'm going at? Make, like make it like jewelry, yeah. like uh, one of those Pandora bracelets. Ex- exactly. <laughs> Each, like oh, everybody has like an Apple Watch, right? Because yeah. they, they look cool as hell, right? They're yeah. very slick. They're very sleek. People love them. And that's mostly why people want them. And, you know, because you got your phone right there in the pocket. Who gives a damn yeah. about all the stuff it can do? That's just an add-on benefit. It looks cool. And a lot of people buy them just for that very reason. If we could do that same thing with two FA keys... That might uh, might improve sales a little bit. I'm talking to you out there, YubiKey and well, Google. <laughs> you know, let, me, let me ask you this, though, because I for, for years I, I used my YubiKey. I loved it. Any service that I used that supported it, I would activate yeah. it. Uh, but I've found in recent years, just because everybody has gone to using the Authenticator apps on your phone, mm-hmm. right? So, so now I've got some services where they support YubiKey, but I haven't turned it on. Because I, I'm like, mm. I'll just use the Authenticator app like I do everything else, and that's that. So... Um, from do a you security find more standpoint, things go for the authenticator versus the YubiKey, or yeah, mm, yeah, I, I, I definitely. I think YubiKeys just aren't as popular. Like everybody's got a phone, right? So everybody can use an authenticator app. It's like QR codes, right? They had that one bad day at the beach, and then people stop using them, <laughs> right? Which is you know, it's like who did? How did we not see that coming? Where yeah. it's like, so it's an obfuscated picture, <laughs> and you have no idea what it does until you scan it, and then it does something. The scary part there is that there were like competing technologies. Uh, well, Microsoft had an alternative to the QR code. You remember it was like all triangles? Yeah, vaguely. Uh, you know, I didn't didn't make it. I no, guess QR obviously. won out. But but it looks like what I was saying was true though. It's like having to whip out that you what became more useful to people was just having an authenticator app on their phone. Yeah, and that's always just kind of sitting right there, is in their pocket. But so is there a two FA key? Or the, the, like a Yubi key would be in their pocket as well. Why pull one versus the other? Because it's cool. If you got something cool, you want to pull it out, let everybody see it. Like, oh, yeah, it's my, you know, it's my you know, key. It's nothing big. Cost I, me 200 bones, but it was worth it. Playing in my vanity. I, I was going to hold my key up, yeah. but I, my, my keys are actually in my backpack ah. right over there that I can't reach. Let <laughs> me grab it for you. Although, you know, it. I guess maybe that's a problem, too, because now it's attended. I can see my bag right yeah. there, but technically I'm not holding on to that key. That's if somebody true. steals my bag... Well, they just have one factor, right? That's so that's, right. That's they the would need point. the other factor as well. Yeah. Um, Sophie, have you ever been tempted to get a hardware key? Or I, I know you use your phone. I've seen you do it. I, I don't know that I would use the word tempted. Like it's, <laughs> oh, I just would love to get a hardware key so bad, but it's not in the budget right now. I'm sure I could benefit from one. I'm sure everybody could. It's, you know, yeah. you never have too much security, right? So, um, but but no, I can never say that I've that I've owned one. We're pushing for 9FA. <laughs> I scan a fingerprint. I got an eyeball scanner. That's right. You got to spit yeah. in a cup. Yeah. <laughs> when I first got mine, I uh, my original YubiKeys, so this was back when they, they didn't have NFC and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I went hardcore trying to use every feature it had. I, I put my PGP signing key on there nice. and uh, I had an SSH key on it so that That's when, cool. you know, if I was on a new computer, I could SSH into hosts. But just over the years, I stopped doing a lot of that. So. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. You hear that, ladies and gentlemen? He's gotten lax in his security. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's, that's true. That's target. how it starts, right? <laughs> that's it. That's our top right? story Inertia today. sets in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's. I think that's going to do it for that article. This next one, unless you have more we to elaborate that. on. Straight I, to death. I have, no, I have no input, no comment. I'm not super familiar with security. I know what they are. I know what they do. But I've never owned one. So y'all have more input to offer than I do on that topic. Um, this next one is probably going to be the same case. This one's from 9to5Linux. It says, Canonical announces general availability of Ubuntu Pro free for up to five PCs. 
which sounds cool. I would assume yeah. that means it wasn't free before. Uh, well, it, it didn't really exist before. Yeah. So oh. uh, we actually reported okay. on this a few months ago that Ubuntu was, or Canonical, was launching this new Ubuntu Pro service, right? And a lot of people had their doubts about it, and people were worried about it becoming a paid distro because it's, it's free right now. But they made some changes and, and announced it in a, a pretty good way, I think. Uh, just to recap... Ubuntu is free. Anybody can go and download Ubuntu server or workstation, install it, run it, and and it's going to run just fine. And you're going to have 10 years of, of uh, security updates for the base install. So anything included in the base install, you get 10 years of support. With Ubuntu Pro, what they do is they add 10 years of support for more than the base install. They add support for 23,000 open source packages that are available in the Ubuntu repositories that's a big deal, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and they also add guaranteed security updates that patches are going to be released. Not just that they're going to be released, but they'll be released within 24 hours of... Makes you wonder, how do they make that promise? Well, <laughs> I, I have my, my thoughts on this. So They just a, remove the code. <laughs> if, if a new zero day drops, right? Yeah. Sometimes it takes them a while to figure out how to patch it. Remember right. with Spectrum Meltdown, they went like the full 90 days mm -hmm. of responsible disclosure on that one. Um but what they're saying is within 24 hours of the patch being released, right? So, like, let's say there's a bug in an Intel processor and Intel puts okay. out a patch. Gotcha. Intel might take three months to make the patch, uh, but Ubuntu yeah. will roll it out within 24 hours. Okay, that makes worse. Because I, I read that as if there is a bug in Ubuntu... We will have a patch within 24 hours. I'm like, how do you make that kind of promise? Yeah, that, you are badass if you can do that. <laughs> I would be skeptical. Of that, but, uh, but yeah, so from the time a patch becoming available. Uh, okay. and, and that's still a good commitment because you that's hear about yes. sometimes a patch becomes available and a vendor doesn't release it right away. Mm. That would be a, a problem. So this all sounds good, but they did announce that it comes at a price. And the price is $25 per year per workstation. So that 10 years of support costs you $250 on a workstation, and it's $500 per year for a server, $5,000 over the life cycle of that server. So that's a lot. This is mm. some big dollars. And so your, your average hobbyist and enthusiast, they, they hear that and like, oh, you know, I'll just switch over to Arch or somebody, you know, somebody else. <laughs> You'll be back. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, <laughs> so, so, uh, but they said that just for anybody, you get up to five PCs free. So that kind of takes care of hobbyists and all. You can get Ubuntu Pro for free for up to five machines. Oh, that's kind of nice. Um, and if you're a community member, and that means somebody who's actually contributed to Ubuntu's source code, mm -hmm. then you actually get up to 50 machines for free, which is nice. Dang. Now, some people might say, but Don, I've got six Raspberry Pis at home. What do I do for the sixth one? And I just want to remind you, you don't need Ubuntu Pro. Like Ubuntu right. Pro is, if you want this guaranteed 10 years of support on all these other packages, you can still run regular Ubuntu for absolutely free and get 10 years of support. So it's not like you have to do it. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool of them. I got to be honest with you. I mean, to support all of those packages that are available for, I mean, did you say it was 22,000? For, for uh, the package. Oh, 23,000, yes. 23,000, yep. I'm sorry. I don't want to short you. I know. I mean, I'm it's canonical. <laughs> <laughs> I'd hate to besmirch your good name out there in the public sphere. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, lot of, that's a lot of stuff for them to support. Now, when you say support, do you mean that I can call canonical support line and go, I have Ubuntu Pro. Oh. I have trouble with X, Y, or Z software. Help me. 
I'm, I'm or do you mean? Glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Because, because no. <laughs> so so uh, let, me, let me just double check. Their call center is just like. Before I speak too much. Orders they, of magnitude larger. They do still have like paid support for that. And uh, and it's a separate agreement, if I recall correctly. And I'm just kind of skimming the announcement here to see if they mention anything. But I'm, I'm pretty certain it does not include that. Um, it says, oh, yeah. Uh, and it says it expands the optional technical support to an additional 23,000 open source packages. So the mm. the technical support piece is still an optional component on top of gotcha. that. Yeah. Okay. Which most of us aren't going to buy, right? No. Uh, but if you're a enterprise and you're building some kind of embedded product and Ubuntu is at the heart of it, you'll want that support and, and you'll pay it and it makes sense. And so that's really what this is targeting is Ubuntu trying to better monetize some of those larger customers that aren't aren't paying for it it's github <laughs> issue submissions for the rest of us huh <laughs> yeah yeah or you can comment on the mailing list and get yeah. insulted oh stack overflow <laughs> we meet again <laughs> yeah i mean if you ever find yourself having too much self-confidence or self-esteem <laughs> just go on stack overflow post any ask question. a question literally any question it has gotten better i don't know <laughs> was the last time you posted on Stack Overflow? I guess that's a good point. Like, yeah. I, like most people, I stopped you years ago. Yeah, you steered yeah. clear. So you're toxic. Sick of the verbal abuse. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. did you ever see the uh, the joke? It was like um, a comic strip, I guess. And it was like, so tell me, why do you wish to work for Stack Overflow? And the guy answers back, well, that's a stupid question. He's like, you're hired. You start Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, didn't know that about, I didn't know that lore about Stack Overflow. So oh. I guess I'll, oh. I'll steer clear then. No, here, I, I, I'll give you the, the workflow. So Sophie, you, you come up with a question, right? Okay. Like, how do I set up my YubiKey to work with iOS 13.2? I mean, uh, uh, whatever. Ventura 13.2, yeah. right? Yeah, whatever. Uh, and so you post it, and the very first response would be, this why would you want to do that? that is, oh, yeah. That is. <laughs> this is an opinion. Please rephrase. <laughs> or this is a duplicate and yeah. point to something completely different yeah. like how to back yeah. up to our... Yeah, audience. you got to go through the, the, the back end first, and then you yeah. work your way to the front. And then the next response will be, why would you want to do that? that that's, yeah. that's a dumb that's thing. That's dumb. Yeah. Uh, why would YubiKey obviously was the, the worst idea you could ever have. <laughs> what you would want to use is the Titan key. And then yeah. there would be a religious war over YubiKey versus Titan key and how stupid you are and from then, both camps. <laughs> then you get a response, which is, well, you remove Mac OS and you install Linux. Yeah, don't forget to do then, that. You know, yeah. Then you okay. go and do these steps, and the very detailed steps. Yeah. I, I think these are all guaranteed yeah. answers. And at the very end, finally, someone will have enough check marks to say, this is the answer. And it's like, now that you've been berated enough and your self-esteem yeah. is in the gutter, here's the steps you can <laughs> do to you connect your YubiKey. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> that just sounds like tech-specific Reddit. Yeah, very similar. No, very similar. That sounds yeah. exactly like yep. how it goes down yep. on every single Reddit thread. On Reddit, the reply would be like, tell me you don't know how to use Google without saying you don't know how to use Google. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be exactly. the better reply. <laughs> and that would get a thousand karma votes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll, make a, I'll make a mental note about Stack Overflow then. Maybe maybe I continue to consult yeah, Daniel with sue us for defamation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. That's that was fun. Yeah. Uh, this <laughs> this next one, switching over, uh, getting out of the the Linux world, back into Apple. This article's from Vice, my my favorite. It says perfectly good MacBooks from 2020 are being sold for scrap because of an activation lock. Almost impossible to resell. Perfectly functional M1 MacBook because of Apple security features, which. I feel like you guys have brought up before that whole like sliding scale of ease of use versus security, and so it almost seems like if you're a user. And if you're the original owner, this is great. 
And then as soon as it's out of the original owner's hands, it sucks for everybody that's trying to, you know, I guess the secondhand market it would be. Yeah. You know, I, I think back to the old days and, uh, uh, Daniel, you probably remember these times. Like, oh, I remember. <laughs> do, do you remember the first time you used whole disk encryption on a system? Oh, Probably not off the top of my head. Probably no. something like uh, TrueCrypt or it's probably BitLocker. Yeah, yeah, it's probably BitLocker back in the mid two thousands. So I I remember the first time I did it, and I, I <laughs> Sophia's face. She's like, what the? If it was, yeah, yeah, BitLocker, yeah, yeah. <laughs> straight up. It, it wasn't BitLocker for me. It was, BitLocker it was either, OG baby. It was either <laughs> Udameko or uh, Lux or something. Yeah, I, I don't Lux. remember what it was, but I remember seeing the warnings like. Warning, if you forget this key, yeah, you, you cannot recover your data. What did you say? You are effed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And you know, prior to that, you had technologies like the BIOS password. Yeah. Right? You could set a BIOS password, but oh, if you forget this password, you can't get into BIOS. Well, you just pop open up a the case, <laughs> pop a battery out if it had it, or a Jump little jumper yeah. or something. And so you, you had a safety net. Well, if you saw a warning that said, warning, if you forget this password... You literally cannot use this computer anymore. Throw the computer in the trash. That that would make you feel a little nervous, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. That, w- that would give me pause. <laughs> it, would, it would make you worry. Well, Apple put a system in years ago. They actually did this a long time ago on the phones, but they just recently started doing it in, in 2020, really, um, on the, the laptops, where when you turn on the Find My service, mm-hmm. find my iPhone, find my iOS, whatever device or, or uh, macOS device, when you turn that on, it does an activation lock, which means that hardware is now tied to your Apple ID. And it doesn't really come out and say that. It doesn't say, oh, by the way, if you get locked out of your Apple ID, this hardware is literally bricked and you can't do anything with it. And so what's happening is laptops are getting stolen. And once they're stolen, if the person doesn't have your password, they can't unlock the system, they can't format the drive, they can't reinstall, that system is now dead hardware. Or if you forget your password, then you've now got dead hardware. And you'll see people like selling iPhones online that are activation locked, and that, that's just a waste of money. Like Maybe you could take the screen off it and use it for parts. And, and that's what the, the Vice article is talking about, is there's a company where they... They salvage the screen, they salvage the keyboard, but the motherboard, it's all integrated, right? Even the storage is soldered onto the motherboard now. So that whole system just goes to the recyclers. But there's one thing that Vice left off of this article that I really wanted to mention here, because I've had to do this myself. Um, At our day job, we have a number of Macs, and I usually purchase them. So I'm listed as the purchaser for these devices. And we will frequently have a person leave the company, and they'll send their device back to us, and it'll be locked to their Apple account, right? Mm. Well, I don't want to ask them for the password to their Apple account. That like crosses a line. Sometimes they have personal stuff. I don't, I don't want to deal with that. But because I'm the one who purchased it, I can take it to Apple, and they will unlock it. Like They are able to unlock these things. The Vice article doesn't mention that, which I thought was odd. You don't have to send these to scrap. If you have legally obtained this device, whoever the original purchaser was can unlock it. So... If you're buying used Apple hardware, you need to make sure that it's not activation locked. Otherwise, you're buying something dead. And if you're selling it, this is where education comes in. You need to unlock the device. You need to turn off Find My before you give it to somebody else. But yeah, they're they're talking about a company that's throwing out two-year-old M1 MacBooks because they're activation locked, and that's that. Sticking them in that big industrial shredder and watching them go (laughs) bye-bye. 
Yeah. Uh, so it, at first, when I read this article, I was like, so I, a, I didn't know that that if you took this to Apple and you somehow proved that you uh, obtained this MacBook yep. through, you know, up the up and up, and then snatch it off of some coffee table and in Hall A, right? Um, I was like, why are they doing this? Why are they? And I'm thinking to myself, well, I guess it's good for them if we destroy a bunch of MacBooks. It's no longer on the used market. They got to buy a new if you want a MacBook. Right, you can't go and save you some bones by hitting, you know, Facebook Marketplace or whatever. Um, so, and the other thing is, is if I'm selling a device, you tell me if you're different. I am going to like make it like it was the day I bought it, so that it's not connected to anything mine. Yeah, are most people not doing this? Are they just well, where you get in trouble is like if you boot off removable media and just format it and reinstall. Yeah, that you know you may not have released the activation on it and not know it. Yeah. So like when you go into recovery, you can log into your Apple ID right. and reinstall. So they Apple's gotten better about trying to make that process unlock it. Okay. But uh, I had to do it with that iPad right there, the one that Sophie's using. Yeah. Um I had I had given it to Joe, you remember? Yeah. Joe. So I I erased it, removed the activation lock, gave it to Joe. She used it for a year. Yeah. And then when she gave it back, it had a password on it. And uh, I reached out to her. She couldn't remember the password. Uh, and But, you know, it, to me, I looked at it as, well, it's not that big of a deal. I just have to, I have to go to the Apple store. You know, Apple is so good, so good about normally this kind of thing seems like they would have just an app in the, in the preferences that says, sell my iPad, you know, sell my MacBook. And you click that and it goes, are you sure you want to do this? Please enter your password for your Apple. And then... Mm-hmm. And it just kind of takes you back and unlocks everything and does everything you would need to be able to easily sell your device. But, you know, hey, that's just me. That's just one idiot in a room. Well, not a, a whole room full, our building full of, you know, super geniuses that make <laughs> trillions of dollars a year. <laughs> right? Aren't they a trillion dollar company? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. There's that. I mean, you, you could be, you could think the worst of Apple and say, oh, they, yeah, I'm going to. They don't <laughs> want a used device market. Well, too right? dang bad. That's kind of how Vice frames it. Is like they're fighting the secondary market and independent repair shops. Right. They don't want them to succeed, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, you could say that. Yeah. I don't think it's true, though. I, I mean, I, certainly they're not trying to support the secondary market, but yeah. I, they have the tools. You can go and do it. Uh, right. One of the quotes in the article, uh, and this is from that, that company that they interviewed, that, where they're saying, like, uh, you know, if the original owner does not... It, if they don't protest unlocking the device, then after 30 days, it should auto-unlock. Yeah. Well, that's just going to encourage theft of devices, right? Yeah. Then you, you just got to sit on it for 30 days until it unlocks. Yep. yep. Yeah. So I, I I feel like this article is a little bit misguided, mm. and so I, I wanted to just bring it up a here. A Vice article? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. They are journalistic integrity if I've ever seen it. <laughs> well, if you are sitting on a bricked Apple device, just know you can take it to the Apple store. They'll fix it up for you. And and I've even dealt with this, like, uh, <laughs> my, when my son was really little, he got a hold of my iPad and started punching in wrong codes. Yeah. And Apple does this thing where, like, when you get it wrong enough, it locks the screen for a minute and then five minutes and then an hour and then 24 hours. So you can't just, like, brute force your way to And the... before you know it, it's locked for, like, a, a freaking month. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you don't want to wait a month, you can you can take it to the Apple store and they can reset that, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's that has definitely happened to me before. I think I've had my phone since, like, 2017 or 2018. And inevitably, I think I using the same password for a while and I was like you know I should change it I've been using this password for a long time and the next day I forgot what I changed it to so I had to take it to the like Apple help center on campus and have them 
they had to like reset it, so I lost all my pictures and stuff. But they were able to get it unlocked. See what so. they're tra- Apple's trying to do is help you feel like a tech billionaire in Silicon Valley, <laughs> where you use a device, you lock and go, oh, it's locked in the garbage. I'll take another one of those, please, sir. <laughs> so you, it's like the, disposable you know, to them. You've had the same phone since 2017. 2017, 2018. I, look, it's not in the budget, it, and, it, and it still works. Not it still works. Oh, that's so. Give it locked. time because you're supposed to turn it into the museum. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> That's the next thing, right? After you have your phone for three years, it locks automatically. You have to go buy a new one. You see (laughs) a puff of smoke come out of it and go, it's time to buy a new phone. (laughs) (laughs) Only a matter of time before that happens. I know this isn't one of our articles, but uh, uh, a lot of people are saying that's what they were trying to do when they stopped doing removable batteries. Yeah. Because batteries, they only last for so long. Yeah. Um, but the EU is entertaining a rule now where you have to provide removable batteries. You might see that coming back. So sweet. I, I know. love that. Uh, me too. Yeah. I love removable batteries, man. That junk is awesome. Yep. So oh. we'll see what happens there, but that'll be interesting. We got a little bonus article from Don. Look at that. I mean, not an article, but a little bonus <laughs> yeah. tech story. Nice. I'm sure somebody covered it. I read yeah. about it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the tech news segment of the podcast. Stick around. We will be right back after a short break with more Technado. A lot has been changing behind the scenes here, and we cannot wait to catch up with you in person at the MSP Expo in Fort Lauderdale from February 14th to 17th. The products you know and love, IT Pro TV, Audit Pro TV, and Practice Labs are now training the modern workforce together as ACI Learning. Stop and see us at booth number 753 to see our shows on the big screens, to play our popular lock and key game where you'll get a chance to win a pair of Bose headphones and other prizes, and most importantly, to meet our very own Ronnie Wong. Considered a subject matter expert in Cisco and with 11 tech certifications, Ronnie's an experienced IT pro edutainer. He can't wait to meet our learners in person. Hey, welcome back for more TechNado. We're going to go ahead and jump into the security segment of our show. And up first, we've got uh, this segment brought to you by the letter Doe. I got to give credit to Don for that joke. I can't take credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> it was you pretty good. I didn't come up with dad jokes on the, yeah. on the fly. <laughs> so this article comes to us from Ars Technica. Uh, the title is GitHub says hackers cloned code signing certificates in breached repository. So when, when I read through this, um, one of the things that stuck out to me was it says that they stole code signing certificates for two of its desktop applications, desktop and Atom. I utilize Atom. So uh is this something that people that just kind of use this technology casually like myself need to be worried about? Or is this something that's more of a, I don't know, like an egghead thing, I guess. So, <laughs> so this one, um, I, I would probably classify this one as an egghead type thing. Uh, it, it did affect... Nerd! <laughs> <laughs> it did affect the Atom editor, which we just reported on a few weeks ago is, is being end of life. Yeah. Right? So I... If you still use Adam, you should be already planning on my Shut your mouth. You don't talk no hurt to Adam. <laughs> yeah, its days are numbered. Um, so I, I don't worry about that one so much. But the other one, Git Desktop, that's a bit of a big deal, right? If you're a developer, an engineer, coder, code monkey, whatever your title happens to be, that uh, you know this is software that you use and, and interact with and push your source code through it, which is pretty sensitive. So if... An attacker, not no, yeah, fake. Yeah. Have it, right? So <laughs> an attacker has done this. Attacker has <laughs> these signing certificates. They could generate a malicious version of the Git desktop binary. Probably already have. And, <laughs> likely. And if they could trick you into downloading it, then you could be running a compromised version of Git desktop. Now imagine what what they could do is every time you go to push a change or merge a branch or whatever, it could take your source code and merge the branch. 
and send a copy to servers on the other side of the planet. Yeah. Lapses. <laughs> Wherever, yeah. So uh, so that would be bad. It could actually inject malware into your code. You know, you go to, to merge a branch and it merges its own branch that has malware in it. Where's the harm in that, Don? <laughs> it's fun. Good, fun. Have malware between friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of damage they could do. Fortunately, GitHub is aware of it. And they were able to uh, basically expire or revoke these certificates, so they you know they shouldn't last in the wild very long. Uh, but it is something that we need to be aware of, and it does affect a number of versions of the software, uh, especially since they're revoking certificates. A lot of previous versions will break. So, like if your Git desktop stopped working this week, it's likely because that certificate got revoked. And Atom has its own problems, but if it stopped working, same thing. You, you probably need to do an update so that you've got the new certificates so that you're able to function. This might actually be a help for Atom to go ahead and die, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, right? Because it, it's, it's like you say, it's on its last leg anyway. It's being um, in sundown, basically, and it no longer will be a thing and supported. Uh, so this might be the, the thing that people were like, man, I'm just going to hang on to Atom for as long as I possibly can. Now they're like, maybe I'm not. <laughs> maybe I'm just going to go ahead and jump to something else. Now, the, the attack vector, they would still have to trick you into downloading right. this falsely signed Because right, it's not like you go to the official Atom download page and get some jacked up. I mean, I guess if they had some backdoor in it, that would be a very complex hack. Yeah. Right? They would have to say, hey, you need to update that Atom. You probably got like an email or some sort of notification that tells you, hey, you got to update your Atom. And it didn't come straight from there. Don't trust links anyway. I hope Sophia's probably learned this lesson by now, working with me long <laughs> enough. You don't click links in the emails. You don't download the things that are attached to the emails. It's yeah. just, you don't do it. I don't care. I don't care. I feel the need to clarify. You say that I've I've hopefully learned my lesson by yeah. now concerning that. Not because I've been clicking links, yeah. but just because I've been working <laughs> with him a lot. malware on and the that daily comes basis. Out a lot. Not like, hopefully you learn your lesson after all those phishing emails. No, yeah, no, no. Just I, phishing <laughs> scams yeah. at her all day. <laughs> So just to uh, just to set the timeline on this, the certificates were actually stolen December sixth, and okay. they pushed out new versions of Git Desktop and the uh, uh, Atom Editor on uh, ooh, I lost the date January fourth. Yeah, January fourth. January fourth. So um, you know, from detection to remediation was just under a month, which mm, is not not too bad. Great, but not too bad. Yeah, we've um, definitely seen worse. They don't they don't say when they detected. It, but they they do know that the breach happened on December fourth. It was January sixth, uh, so or, uh, or December sixth, I guess it was right. Now I'm getting all my dates mixed up. Uh, December sixth, yeah, February fourth. They know it happened December sixth, uh, but if you've done an update and you're running a version newer than what was released on January fourth, then you're good. Uh, and you know, fast forward to today, that's that's been weeks that that's mm. been out. So uh, they fixed it and just didn't go public with it until now. Now, when it comes to like code signing certificates, don't they normally isn't it like bad practice considered to make that a part of your repository? Don't they typically use some sort of like secure enclave to hold those things that can be securely accessed when necessary? So it's kind of kind of a bad practice that this was available to them at, at all, correct? My, my understanding is that there was the code repository for the application itself, <clears throat> and there was another repository where they were storing these signing keys, and it's that other repository that got compromised. Gotcha. Yeah, because the main code repository is public. So no no real need to to compromise that. The, yeah. the source code for Atom is is public. Anybody can download it. Okay. Well, there you go. But yeah, G GitHub is not really intended to be used as a place for you to store keys like these. Uh, <laughs> well, man, somebody missed that memo because <laughs> I'm pretty sure a lot of people do that. Yeah. Yeah. 
You don't say. Yeah, it's weird. That's another thing that I feel like has yeah. come up before. People yeah. storing things where they shouldn't be storing things. So it's like thing. people with keys to their house, like under the rug yeah. or <laughs> under a, a rock. Like a fake rock. Yeah. And and we joke about it. You see it on TV, but people do that in real life. Yes, yes, they do. I'm, I don't know the statistics, like how many doormats you'd have to lift before you found a key, but people do it. You'd be lucky to find a locked door at this point, right? It's just a, oh, I just walk in. I'm out here for 30 minutes looking for a stupid rock. So I mentioned this last week. So this is going to turn into a recurring podcast thing. Yeah. I said that I've, I've been rewatching The X-Files. And As you a, do. There's this one thing that I've noticed that I didn't notice when I watched The X-Files back in the 90s, which is uh, they stay in hotels a lot. Yep. And Mulder never locks his door. Like, Scully will knock on the door. He just somebody, opens it. And he always says, it's open. And they come in on their own. It, like, repeatedly in multiple episodes. This guy, uh, he's he's being hunted by aliens. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's an armed FBI agent. And he's not locking his door. Huh. I, I, it's TV, Maybe he so does it right up, before bed. Right before he lays down. <laughs> Gives to the old once over. Okay, now it's locked. I'm good. I can yeah. sleep. He's inviting in a challenge. Yeah. Doing. yeah. Yeah. I guess the show would be boring otherwise. Yeah, it would. <laughs> you know, Chupacabra comes, but the door's locked. Did so they ever fine. do an episode on the Chupacabra? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just love the name Chupacabra. Goat the more, sucker. The more, yep. right. What? Yeah, that's what it means. Goat sucker. Okay. <laughs> the more you guys talk about this show, the more I'm like, you. Oh, if you've never I watched should... the X Files, I believe it should be a job requirement to work here, Don. I mean, I don't know if you can yeah. work that I'll, in. But, I, yeah. Maybe I should make the time. I'll like yeah. abandon whatever series I'm watching and just yeah. start watching that instead. You will not be disappointed. It's enjoyable. Yeah. The, the more segments of X Files trivia with Don yeah. that we have, the more tempting it's going to be. Yeah, home. So. Just the. But, yeah. So that's that's not our next segment. Our next segment is not <laughs> X-Files Trivia with Don Pizzette. Maybe we'll work that into the next episode. Our next segment is Who Got Pwned? Looks like you're about to get pwned. Fatality. Yeah! I'm sorry. Eventually I'll get used to these noises. It's just, uh, yeah. they're just fun. Uh, so this one uh, is from the BBC News. It says U.S. hacks back against Hive ransomware crew. I just I just love a good... The Batman got vigilante story here. So it says the uh, Department of Justice revealed that the FBI gained deep access to the Hive Ransomware Group uh, a little over six months ago. And um, it says they gave more than 300 decryption keys to people that were hacked, saving them probably over $130 million, which, good for them. That's great. Finally, getting things done. Yeah. You know, we, we get stories like these from time to time where the government or some state actor is able to infiltrate a ransomware gang. And sometimes it's a good story. Sometimes it's not. I know I was frustrated. I believe it was two years ago we reported where the government had infiltrated one of these groups and they got in there and monitored and recorded. They even had the unlock keys for 60 days before they shut the group down and started giving unlock keys to people. Well, who in their right mind out there you know, lets their systems get locked and then says, you know what, I'll just I'll wait. <laughs> wait it yeah. out, and I bet the government will get me keys. And sixty days later, two yeah. months with no computer, they're like, "Oh, hey, I finally got it. Thank you." FBI. We're back in business, guys. <laughs> so I know I've reported on that and said this was dumb, and and the you know the the, the agency was trying to get a big a big uh, a big bust. Yeah, but they could have helped some people. Well, in this case, they did things a little bit different. I think they're learning, mm. right? So they infiltrated the organization and. A lot of people had already been hit by it. So people had already lost money. They say over $100 million. But once they were in, 
the government would start tracking who is getting infected and they would generate keys and hand them out to people. So they were actively handing out keys while they were still in the hive system. And they were able to basically take over everything. They ran it for a period of time. I believe it was two months, something like that. Um, and once they were done, they seized everything, threw up the FBI seizure notice mm. that they've got uh, and and basically shut them down. So this is a, a good story. We're seeing another ransomware gang taken down. Uh, hopefully we see more of this in 2023. This was the most interesting quote I took from this article, which says, Deputy Attorney General Lisa O. Monaco said, quote, simply put, using lawful means, we hacked the hackers, end quote. What the hell does that mean? Okay, right? Like, how do you lawfully break into somebody's stuff? Sure. Right? So they get like a subpoena or like a so warrant or... I, I almost mentioned this, but I didn't want to sound like a jerk um, because, you know, Sophie, you mentioned like, we love to see vigilante justice. That's what it sounded like right. to me. Yeah. But this is the FBI, right? right? Not not vigilantes. Yeah. So this is kind of what their job is. And then certainly they got a warrant yeah. to, to be able to do this. Now, the international aspect makes this a little more complex. And I was surprised to see that the servers... They weren't in Russia. They weren't in China or Kazakhstan or wherever. Uh, they they were in Germany and was it Germany and Sweden, if I recall correctly, or maybe Germany and UK? Oh, Germany and the Netherlands. That was close. Hmm. European countries. Yeah. So Same this thing. was a, a multinational <laughs> effort, which means usually means like Interpol or somebody has right. to get involved. But uh, but yeah, so they they would have gotten authorization from the Department of Justice, which uh, was kind of headed this up to be able to reach out and do it. So it, it's lawful for them to do it. I like it. Not lawful for us. Like, it's bullcrap, Don. If we do it, yeah, vigilante. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I feel like, you know, someone punches you in the eye. They got one coming back the other way, right? <laughs> well, I know I, I personally have said multiple times on the podcast that I don't feel the government is doing enough to go after yes. these groups. Uh, and so it is really nice to see something like this where they are. Yeah, definitely up in their game. And we've seen quite a few of these things, like you said, that are, are they're finally starting to really take this. And if they're taking it to them as hard as they did here, and that's just going to continue and increase, then I, I, have to, I have to applaud the yeah. U.S. government for their efforts because, right, I, I love what was – it said something about like um, – where is it at here? Oh, here we go. Um, it talked about how much they lost 40%. The latest action comes as research suggests ransomware crews saw a 40% drop in earnings as victims in 2022 are refusing to pay because of things like this, right? That they, they, they have somebody on their back that's helping, that's coming in and they're just digging in their heels. These things coming together are going to decrease the effectiveness of these groups mm -hmm. and therefore make it less likely to, like uh, cause as much turmoil as they have, I think. And the the cryptocurrency collapse has been affecting them mm. as well. Uh, you know, because for a while they they would say, "I want one Bitcoin." Yeah. And when one Bitcoin was a thousand dollars, that you know that, that was happened. a lot. Yeah. But then when one Bitcoin was sixty thousand dollars, they had to adjust. And so now they're like, "You have to pay me point zero three Bitcoin," yeah. which some people just don't even want to deal with. Yeah. And uh, so that that's all affected them. It's it. it, it it's tough because you want to say crime doesn't pay, but it sort of does. Yeah. And it is That's nice why people do it. It's nice to yeah. see that it pays for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that there's an end. Yeah, crime pays as long as you don't get caught. Yeah. yeah. I, I love reading through this because um, something that some, a part of history that interests me is like reading about like Sicilian mafia and like old um, gangs and stuff like that. And yeah. so, um, I have done like projects and stuff on laws that have been like the RICO Act and all that right. when that was first mm -hmm. written in and 
reading through this and having them talk about like, well, yes, you know, we did it. We, we got the bad guys. We took them down. But until the group's actually arrested, they're not ever going to actually disappear. They'll have to reconstitute. Yeah. That's going to take some time, but they're going to reappear. And it just reminded me of back, but especially before the RICO Act, how they would arrest one guy, they'd arrest two guys, but it didn't matter because they would just, you know, more guys would come in and it just, it only got worse. So um, this is just a really interesting read. I'm, I'm glad y'all picked this article. It was very cool. Plus you like to see the bad guys you love yeah. to see the bad guys lose. Get, yeah. Getting a fat lip, right? Yeah. yeah. Why do we go see movies? We like to see That's the right. good guys we win. See the good guys win. I, you I, see I, enough of the bad guys winning. That's. Right. I hate a movie where it's like, but it's a realistic ending. I'm you like, mean why go to the we watch to now? Real life. No, I do not. <laughs> right. I want to break from reality. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I paid thirty dollars for this movie ticket. And That's right. Three hundred dollars for the popcorn. Give me my break from reality. Good night. It is expensive, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So in this next segment, we're going to revisit a story that we talked about. We've talked about several times, but there's some new developments once again. So this is Deja News. Deja News. We are uh, revisiting our good friends LastPass once again. This article comes from PC World. LastPass owner GoTo says hackers stole encrypted backups and keys. Such good news. We love to hear <laughs> yeah. it. I think I think that since I've been on this podcast, we have talked about it like every week because there's yeah. just new stuff happening every week, which is so, so cool. And, you know, when when you think it's gotten as worse as it can get, <laughs> you find out yeah. more and it's even yeah. worse. Next it week, it'll be LastPass causes cancer. Yeah. <laughs> I would not be surprised at this point. And not uh, the good kind either, like that horrible rectal or something. <laughs> not, not benign yeah. tumors. Yeah. It's awful. It's the awful. worst thing you can think of, you know. So they again, we should expect law <laughs> cease and desist from go to. <laughs> yeah. So so this one's tough. Um, go to the, yeah. the company that owns all of this. Um, they're they're really trying their hardest to put a spin on it to make it seem not as bad as it is. But it it's bad and it just keeps getting worse. And so now we found out that in the November breach. So this is, is now months. This has gone on. The attackers not only gained access to LastPass resources, which were were disclosed somewhat quickly, we <laughs> learned after about four months, um, but uh, uh, but that they also compromised several other products in the GoTo family. Now, if you're not familiar with GoTo, they have a, a couple of products that are fairly big named. Like GoToMyPC is one of the biggest ones, which allows you to remote into your home computer from wherever, or if you totally ignore your company's infosec policy remote in your work computer from wherever um we're not supposed to do that but they do have <laughs> other products like the whole log me in suite and the join.me suite and so on uh well they're telling us that, hey go to my pc not hacked go to my pc's fine right yeah but some of their other products like log me in and log me in central specifically were compromised. Attackers were able to get in, get the private encryption keys, as well as backups for those systems. Now, if you're not familiar with some of the other stuff that that GoTo makes, let me just paint a picture of how bad this is, right? If you get access to my passwords, that's a problem, right? So the LastPass compromise is really bad. But if I've got two-factor authentication and things turned on, it's, it's not that bad. And at least the passwords were encrypted. So, you know, they got to brute force it. There's some work there. The LastPass breach is bad, but it certainly could get worse. The LogMeIn breach is kind of that worse. And and LogMeIn Central is the one I, I want to focus on. Um, 
years and years and years ago, I used this product, actually a good product that you have a, an administrative panel and you can add all of the computers in your company, or we used it in a classroom. We had remote students. We wanted to remote into a physical computer at the time. And, and so they could remote in and gain access to those computers. That was what it did. It was like, go to my PC on an enterprise scale. Well, if an attacker gains access to that, what do they have access to? All of your computers, all of the computers in your company, right? Well, over the years, LogMeIn Central has evolved quite a bit. They've added more features until now it's become more of an RMM. You can do remote management through it. So, you know, let me, I'm, I'm going to pull up the LogMeIn Central feature webpage and, and kind of tell you, because it, it's expanded. It does a lot more than it used to do. So you, you still get what they call bulletproof remote access. Oh, I'm sure. Not exactly bulletproof <laughs> if a bullet is held by a hacker. Uh, next level business productivity for you and, and the hacker. Uh, but the one I want to highlight <laughs> yeah. is critical IT control and automation. You, an attacker, uh. if they gain access to this platform, can pull up the screen of any computer that's added to LogMeIn Central, right? But they don't even have to do that because you can write a script or a patch put it in LogMeIn Central, and it will push it out to all the computers. So you're telling me at this point, LogMeIn becomes my C2 framework. Yes. I yeah. like it. This is <laughs> on the scale. Do you remember a couple of years ago, uh, Kaseya got compromised? Yes. And you know, MSPs used Kaseya to manage yep. computers. So the attackers got into the MSP, and then they could target all the clients. That's what this is. So that's bad. Yes. Uh, that's actually like super, super, super bad. Yeah. Because it's not just... It's not just uh, uh, GoTo, it's all the GoTo clients. Yep. Right? Whoever uses GoTo or LogMeIn, I guess this was a yep. specific problem. Yeah, LogMeIn Central specifically. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if an attacker has this access, they could write a script that installs a, you know, a crypto miner and yeah. could push that out to thousands and thousands of computers. And people would just see their computers get a little bit slow. They wouldn't necessarily see ransomware. They could push ransomware this way if they wanted. Like they, they could do whatever they wanted. Yeah, now they got a botnet. And it's all in the background. They wouldn't even see it happen. You know, I like it. If an attacker, Except for the horrible part. Yeah. <laughs> if an attacker takes over your screen, you'll see them moving the mouse, opening prompts, and so on. But if this is all background process, this is really bad. Yeah. And they could even like masquerade as like support. Oh, I'm with support with your, you know, uh, MSP or whatever. I'm gonna log in. There's been some um, issues. Oh, right. You can yeah. totally fly to next level. straight through because you've got that level of trust between. Well, this is the official log me in stuff happening. Yeah. Must be the right thing. I'm gonna let them do it. We've worked help desks. We know what's up. People, oh, yeah. people will do whatever you tell them <laughs> <laughs> when you're not even trying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa there, cowboy. Let the mouse go. Yeah. How many times do you have to tell a user, let me drive? Just let you me know, drive. <laughs> so um, I, I was I was at a, a, a big meeting in Orlando last week, mm. and I went up to my hotel room at the end of one of the days, and my hotel keys didn't work. I had, mm. I had both keys on me. Neither one would work. Yeah. And I went down to the lobby, and I said, hey, I'm in room so-and-so, and my keys aren't working. And the, the, the guy at the desk said, oh, okay, well, here, you know, let me, let me redo. What was the room number? Yeah. I gave him the room number. And he said, the, the battery's probably dead in the door. I'll send a guy up to change the batteries. Uh, and in the meantime, he, he reprogrammed me two new keys. So he gave me the yeah. new keys to go. Never asked for ID. I was about to say, he never authenticated no, who you were. He didn't. And when I got up there, sure enough, there was a guy changing the batteries in the door, opened the door for me. And it's <laughs> my room, right? That's fun. But, but and, unless, unless they had some kind of photo on file, right. which... I never took. So, you know, I don't know how they would go about that, but uh, it just shows like 
people who are willing to do social engineering, yeah, there's a lot of leeway out yeah. there. And they make good spies. <laughs> right? Yep. So uh, it, it made me not leave my laptop in my hotel room after that. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not, that's why they give you those safes, right? You put everything in there. And yeah. I don't know how trustworthy those are. Right. Hey, I locked myself out of that safe. Could you get in there for me? Do you guys use the safe? No. In the hotel rooms? Never. No? No, I, I don't know that I've ever brought anything that I thought was worthy of keeping in a safe. My jewelry is $20 from... You know, the mall. So yeah. it's, there was nothing really that I was ever like, I got to yeah. protect this. Yeah. All your clothes from H&M. Yeah. <laughs> I just know that there, there is a default code. Like the hotel can unlock those things. Yeah. And right. if the hotel can do it, then likely other people can too. I, I, I don't know how secure that code is. So I don't trust the safes. Yeah, mm. I don't either. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, me either. That's why I don't use it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason I don't use it. So that this was the latest in a string of news for GoTo and LastPass that we just talked about. It sounds like all this kind of started in like August of last year. So we look forward to the next development of this story. Um, yeah. ho- hopefully no more developments like this. My, my suggestion just to, to all of you listeners, viewers out there would be if you use any LogMeIn product at this point, any GoTo, LastPass, Derivative, whatever, uh, it's, it's in your best interest to just assume that that service has been compromised. So you need to reset credentials. You need to reevaluate. You need to make sure you've got your logging turned on. So you need to just treat it as if it's a full compromise. I think in time we'll learn that it's a full compromise. But even if we don't, you're better you're better served by just acting like it's a full compromise and addressing it as such. Mm. Word. Word. To the wise. To the- <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, I think that's going to do it for our Dejan News segment. Um, real quick, just want to remind you all that Technado is sponsored by ACI Learning and IT Pro. So if you're listening from the technado.com website, you're going to see there's a big, I believe it's an orange button, sunset orange or whatever you want to call it. It says sponsored by IT Pro. If you do click that button, it'll take you to the IT Pro website. So if you want to support the podcast, check that out. Uh, you can also use the promo code Technado30 for a discount on your IT Pro membership. And of course, if you just can't get enough, you can also tune in for ACI Learning's webinar series. I believe you would go to itpro.tv slash webinars if you want to check out any of those, uh, all the recordings should be up there. And then any that are coming up will be posted there as well. Dan and I do a cybersecurity one every every other month, every so often. So those are fun. For me, they're fun. Yeah. I don't know, I Got Mike Saunders around. coming up. Mike Saunders in March, I believe March 16th, mm-hmm. I think. Um, that's the next one that's going to be coming up for us. So check that one out. Um, and then as far as stuff that's coming up pretty soon, actually the day this is released, uh, which Groundhog Day, happy Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Lauren Deal and Anthony Sequera uh, are going to be hosting a All Things Splunk or Anything Splunk talk. Splunk uh, Live! Splunk Live! <laughs> All caps, Splunk Live! Uh, on ACI Learning Social. So you can check those out as well. And then... We've got an in-person thing coming up. ACI Learning is going to have a booth at the MSP Expo in Fort Lauderdale from February 14th to 17th. So stop by. You can play that lock and key game, maybe win a prize, and you can meet the legendary Ronnie Wong. And I know you don't want to miss that. He's very cool. I should know because I get to work with him. So uh, I think that's going to do it for us, unless you guys have any closing thoughts. That's that's pretty much it. No, I'm just looking forward to the next LastPass breach. (laughs) (laughs) It's the gift that keeps on giving us security news. Yeah, it kind of is. All right, well, yeah, no uh, thoughts from me. That's pretty much it for yeah. me. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Technado, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah.